or Google Podcasts, wherever your favorite podcast platform is, and certainly listen to one of our shows. So today I'm going to talk about something that's absolutely going to blow your mind because you're probably going to say, I can't believe Harriet actually talked about it. But I'm going to talk about tattooing. I'm going to talk about tattooing from the context of what tattooing does for our bodies. Now, you know me, I'm very curious. I'm constantly, I listen to the news and because I have a curious mind, I tend to view stories and look at stories that perhaps would, you know, are non-traditional to others. But for me, it's just like, okay, let's hear what this has to say. So I'm distracted by the TV, so I'm going to turn it off. <laughs> right? But I thought it would provide background, but instead it's distracting me. <laughs> but um, I want to talk about tattooing and what tattooing actually does to our bodies. And this is, no, this is in no way is against tattooing. I personally have never done tattooing, not because of any other reason than I simply don't like it. I don't think that I could endure the pain of, of, of needles, so many needles tapping into my skin, right? And that is what I want to explore because that is the very, uh, the, the art of tattooing and the very nature of how it is done, the methodology that it is done through is what I want to talk about today, what tattooing does to our bodies. It's just amazing to me how, uh, have you ever met some people and they're just filled with tattoos? And I ask myself, their pain tolerance must be very high because how else could you sit there and let all those needles do that over and over? I would, I, I would have a fit. But now I'm beginning to see why. And I, I'm going to give you some background on it and, and say what does tattooing do to our bodies. It's, it's, it's quite the story. But have you all been following the news lately? I mean, the story about this uh, diplomat's wife in England who uh, claimed diplomatic immunity and left the country after having uh, killed a young man. And the, the, the parents of that young man in England are perhaps very distraught as they should be. And uh, the, the uh, U.S. Embassy there says that, well, you know, we can't violate that because if we do that, then that means we're violating an international law, so we can't, you know, diplomatic immunity is what it is. And this happens not just with the U.S., but it happens to all countries. I mean, here in the U.S., it's not unusual for diplomats from other countries to commit crimes, and they can't be held accountable for it because they can claim diplomatic immunity, and they do claim it. And then they leave the country. You know, they're whisked out of the country by their, their you know, so that they will not face whatever they, ha they have done. So this happens. So while it is very unfortunate because I understand the family of the young man in England, they're probably distraught. They think that uh, some expression of remorse is what they're looking for. And I, I, I wanted to ask the question too, is remorse really important? When someone has committed a crime against you or your family, is remorse important to your healing? Because it seems to me that it plays a big role, right? That's why we have trials. The, the wronged party feels some vindication that the person who did this is being held accountable, right? And that they're being punished for what they have done. But if they show no remorse, that as if they show 
They don't care about the consequences of their actions and what they've done. How important is that to your healing and your ability to recover from what has happened? We, we need to talk about that at some point because we need to we need to delve into it. And I won't even get into the fact that he witnessed in the Amber Geiger trial in Dallas was shot dead. Uh, that's something that needs to be looked into. That's not a coincidence. I don't care what they, they're, they're going to say about it, but think about it. The key witness who saw what happened and who gave us and was about to be witness in the civil trial, and he shot dead a few days after the trial, that's not coincidence. Come on now. That's not a conspiracy theory, and that's not a coincidence, right? So again, how important is remorse? Uh, I think in, in the case of the Amber Geiger trial, I think, you know, she expressed remorse. So that might have negated the sentencing. It might have affected her sentencing. I don't know that the family, the mother of the young man who was killed, I don't know that it helped her because she still lost a son. And that's why I'm saying how important is remorse? Do, is it just we want them to feel some sort of pain for the pain that they have brought or what? That's something we're going to explore in another episode of Down to Earth. But today I want to talk about tattooing. And I want to see, I want to see how folks are going to deal with this, right? I want to see this one. <laughs> this one is kind of mind-blowing to me. But I want to see how folks are going to deal with it, right? Tattooing. What, what is tattooing? Uh, well, tattooing is described as body art, right? And I'm, I'm going to give you a study I read where somebody actually put this to the test. And their claim is that tattooing helps the immune system. And that folks, because formerly we used to think that people who have excessive tattoos, that they get infected and that it leads to cancer. So this study is trying to sway the conversation that that's not true. Like... I don't know. I don't have tattoos, so I don't know. So I'm going to tell you. So I'm going to read it to you because I think I think you would want to know as much as I do, right? They're just seemingly, how does tattooing, does tattooing affect your impression of someone? When you go somewhere, if you, if you were to go, go to trial, for instance, and everybody's tattooed, what would you think? If you go somewhere to eat and everyone in there is tattooed, what do you think? What are your impressions of tattoos? Most, for most of us in, in popular culture, we think that tattoos come from uh, prisons. Like people in prison have uh, tattooed symbols indicative of a group that they're a part of or indicative of something that they're doing. But is that really, really, really true? Is that true? Right? And so, uh, and so we associate tattoos with some sort of negative. We associate tattoos with gang members, for instance. We think that people who wear a certain symbol that is a body art painted onto their body parts are, are members of a specific gang. So that's another negative, right? And then we also think that people who wear tattoos are just anti-establishment. They're just folks who are free willy all day, you know, and they, they don't care whether or not, uh, <laughs> they don't care what the rest of us think. They don't care what the society thinks. So what are your impressions of tattoos? And it brought to mind because I was watching a news story and when it showed up, I was blown away. It was mind-blowing to me because I was like, 
Oh, rewind, 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 sort of, because I'm really not even sure if, 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 if what they're claiming is true or, you know, sometimes people come up with a study to justify a given position or justify a given thought pattern that they have. They might go and do a study just to say, well, this is the reason why this happens and this is clearly justified when in fact it isn't. So I was a little skeptical of reading the results of the study, but I just want to throw it out there to see what you all think about it because there are a number of people who have tattoos. I mean, if you were to walk in for a job interview at Chase Manhattan Bank, for instance, with tattoos, I guarantee you they're not going to hire you. They'll interview you, but they're probably not going to hire you. So most people who come out of college, you know, you have that moment in college when you went and do the, the tattoo, not the tramp stamp, because people are proud of their tramp stamps. You know what a tramp stamp is, right? A tramp stamp is having a tattoo in the small of your back, whether you have a heart or some kind of signal. Or Some people have even had their, their lover's name tattooed on them. I would advise you not to do that. That's been a bad idea, a very, very bad idea right? So people have gone out of their ways to express themselves using body art. Some people have their mother's name tattooed on them, their children's name, their father's names, a loved one's name tattooed on them to memorialize the person. Okay? I don't see anything wrong with it. It's your body. Do as you wish, right? <laughs> doesn't bother me, right? I don't think you're any less of a person because you have tattoos. I don't think that you that makes defines you as a person. I just think you're probably someone who expresses your art and wears your art on your body. I, I do think that's what most people are trying to say, that I like art, but I like body art. I like the art that I look at to be part of my body. Now, I think you're incredibly brave because it would scare me. Now, people who, who have... Uh, Tattoos of, of animals, you scare me. I don't like certain animals. I don't like animals, period, right? But I certain there are some animals that, so people who have snakes, I'm like, why would you want to tattoo a snake onto you? So be careful with the imagery of that kind of stuff. I don't know if that's going to attract a snake bite to you or whatever. Ew, I hate that stuff. It's creepy crawly, right? People who have tattoos of lions. Are they trying to say that my heart is like that of a lion? I'm a lion. You know, I think I'm, I, I am focused and I'm driven, right? Is that what they're trying to say? And then, of course, there are people who just wear a tattoo because, heck, yeah. You know, I just, one day I was kind of high and I went down to the mall and, you know, the guy at a tattoo shop was just giving out a, 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 a special and I kind of just sat there and just said, oh, yeah, put my mom on my, my, my arm. I'll put my mom on my chest. I don't know, <laughs> time and time again. But tattooing as a form of body art has become controversial and has always been at the center of popular culture. It's just that some of us have taken a different view of it and we sort of ascribe different thought patterns to tattooing and so we come up with different stuff. But and especially because tattooing is mostly done by white males and a particular group of white males, biker gangs and so on. So people are like, mm, you don't want to mess with that, right? But there are other people who have tattooing around their ankles. They wear socks to cover it. They're in corporate America all day, every day, 
some had tattoos on their arms. They wear long sleeve shirts, except when they're out on social, you know, social events, right? And there are women who wear tattoos. There are still women who have their tramp stamp and are diehard. They're not going to give it up, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it is what it is. But this particular study says that people who do tattoos, that tattoos have been proven to affect your immune system, I kid you not, and that it actually aids in infection recovery, right? So here's what this study says. It says immunoglobulin A is considered a frontline immune defense and provides protections against pathogens like the common cold. Hang on to that thought. And it says what they did was immunoglobulin A remains higher in the bloodstream even after tattoos heal. People with more time under the tattoo needle produce more salivary immunoglobulin A, suggesting an enhanced immune response. That's the key, an enhanced immune response. This effect appears to be dependent on receiving multiple tattoos. So what they're saying is it gives an immune boost in in, in cases of other skin injuries and for health in general. I don't know about you, but is that a reason for you to, uh, is that a reason for you to go and do tattoos? I don't know about that. I don't know that this study gives clear and definitive reasons why any of us should go and pursue tattooing. I mean, you can, I can get up tomorrow and I can say that drinking milk will cure you from cancer. And I can go ahead and pay somebody else to go do a study, get a group of people together, pay them for their expenses, right? And I can say drink milk, then run a study and say that that cures it. I I, I think this study is not conclusive. And I don't think, I think what they're trying to do is to justify tattooing. Because there are people, like for instance, I think The Rock, Rock, uh, Dwayne Johnson, he has a lot of body tattoos. But his body tattoos are more tribal. They're cultural for him because his ancestry, his ethnicity is such that he's from American Samoa, isn't he? Right, and America, American Samoa have traditionally for hundreds of years done body tattoos. So for him, it's a cultural expression. It's a way of identifying that who he is ethnically, ethnically with, with, with the rest of us, right? But there are just some folks who just get up tomorrow and just say, I just want to go down there and put a tattoo around my belly. You know, there are kids who just say, I want to get up and go, and I'm like, but you don't treat it properly. So it leads to an infection. And sometimes what we have seen in the past is that the needles that they use on one, they use on the other. That's typically where the infection comes. So they don't clean the needles. Now, some tattoo shops will tell you that they have occupational health license, and they will proudly display their, their health uh, occupational licenses for you to see so that you can feel as if you are covered and that they're compliant with, with state and state regulatory laws. But then you also have 
but then you also have some tattoos, right? Some places that you're going to that are real iffy. And you have to ask yourself, if you want to wear tattoos, what are you taking on to yourself? What, what is it that I'm trying to say? Am I just being rebellious, especially for young people who perhaps have just left and gone to college? I know when my daughter went off to college, uh, unknown to me, she knows that I didn't, I, I wouldn't condone uh, tattooing because I would be like, you're a girl, you're going to go to work, they're going to ask, and it can't be removed. The process of removing it is just as painful as applying it in the first place. So it's a don't do anything you're going to regret, right? So what she did was she went and put in a, a, a belly nip, a belly ring in her navel, some navel ring. And I didn't see it until she returned. I don't think it was even Thanksgiving. I think it's when she returned for Christmas that first semester. I was appalled, but guess what? It was too late for me to do anything about it. That was her act of total rebellion. That was kind of saying, here I am, mother. I am an adult. And at the back of my mind, I was quivering. I was like, thank God she didn't put any body paint on herself. Like she didn't go and paint her entire leg or put it on her chest or put it on her arm because I would have been, you know, I would have been mortified. I mean, what would have happened? I mean, like you're going to go out to work. How are you going to get a job? Because people perceive it's the perception more than anything else. And those of you who wear tattoos, you know what I'm talking about. You tend to, that's why you tend to associate with one another because you understand one another. Because more often than not, the people, most people view people who wear tattoos in a negative light. And that's crazy because we associate tattoos with so many negativities. It's like, I'm going to be honest with you. I read a story on the Detroit News. I think it was the Detroit News or Crime News in the D about a young man who was killed and that the young the people who showed up to kill him wore red uh hoodies. Do you know what has happened to me since then? <laughs> you do know, right? Every time I drive past young people wearing red hoodies, I immediately start thinking gang and some make some sort of negative association. See you see what I'm saying? So I'm I'm making the case that people who wear tattoos should not necessarily be judged by what they wear tattoos, but primarily what is what what is the reason for wearing it. And frankly, it's none of our business. It's not my business, no yours. People wear it for different reasons. Maybe they did have a stint in, in the Fed pen. Maybe they did have a stint in county, right? Maybe they did go there and perhaps it, wearing a tattoo is uh, memorializes a certain point in their life that there was an intersection where they, they met something there, something happened, and at that intersection, this is what this tattoo represents. Now, for me, if it is all over your body, I don't know how, how do you, I mean, do you heal? Because that's a very intense process and a lengthy process, and all that needles in, do you shower for days or you don't shower for days? Or how does it work? Do they blow it off and it dries by the time you come out? But your skin is still open to infection. And, for, and I think for many years, we, what we might be seeing is that the negative association with tattooing might have been what led people to believe that people who wear tattoos must, have, must be sick or so on. Because uh, there is no conclusive study that says people who have worn tattoos literally show up in an emergency room or show up at the doctor for you to say, oh, of 100 people who are tattooed, 99 of them show up and they get sick. 
that there is no conclusive study to that. All of these things are dependent on people's habits, uh, people's uh, hygiene habits, for instance, and the ways in which our bodies are made. What do you eat? Just because somebody wears a tattoo doesn't mean they're, they're a beer drinker for life. Doesn't mean that they're a whiskey drinker every night they're drinking whiskey. Doesn't mean that they're smoking a blunt or, or doing whatever or, or whatever or eating unhealthily. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's all negative perception. But where do you draw the line as a society? We obviously don't know where to draw lines in our society. We don't because we judge people by their appearance. We judge people simply by how they look. It, I say this all the time, that color is skin deep. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you're a lawyer, judge, nurse, prosecutor, or anything. The color of your skin is how deep people see you, right? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share some experiences about that later on. I'm not ready for that yet. We'll talk some more about that. And so when you show up with tattoos, it's going to be skin deep. Let me tell you something that happened to me, why this has had such a profound impact on me. Let me tell you why. Uh, a few years ago, it's several years now, several years ago, I was involved with a church. And I had, prior to that experience, I had had the experience of being around people of different ilk, right? And I had come to learn not to judge anybody. I had come to learn that people's appearance has nothing to do with the content of their heart. And to me, that's where we really need to judge people. What is in your heart? And I was in the process of becoming an ordained minister in this church. And I had given the story about they judge people. So I was young. I was much younger then. I was pretty and so on. They seem to judge you based on your appearance. So I was young. And I don't wear, you know, old clothes and look funky and look dowdy. I don't wear dowdy clothes. So they were judging me that you're not ready for ministry because I don't dress dowdily. I wasn't a Debbie Downer. I wore makeup. I believed in look, presenting your best look at all times, right? And they, they had a problem with that. Their, their own concept of people was simply based on how you look. And so I was, I, I, I was affected by that. And so I told them the story that what if one day, I said, where I lived in Central Florida, all kinds of people came to church. And it was not unusual for people with tattoos who would lay hands on you and pray for you and you would get up feeling better. They could not believe that because to them, being a person of faith connoted to being dowdily dressed, promptly dressed, Debbie Downer all day, and not a glamorized look. You're not supposed to look good and be a part of any kind of faith experience. That was their impression. And I wasn't seeking to change it. I was just appalled that in 21st century times, you would not be forward thinking. So guess what happened? The very person who was leading the group, what do you think happened? We were having an event one evening at the church, and his son got sick. His son developed a seizure. I kid you not, true story. His son developed a seizure. <laughs> Went to the hospital, pulls up at the hospital emergency room. You're not going to believe what happened next. 
The person who was standing outside the emergency room puffing on a cigarette had tattoos all over her arms, all over her chest. And she said, wait, what happened to your son? And she, you know, they were all, the family were fussing her like he's just having a seizure and so on. And she stopped, put the cigarette down and said, in the name of Jesus, I command the seizure to stop. Believe it or not, the seizure stopped. Do you know he called? He called the church to speak with me, but he just couldn't get me, so he had to wait. He called the church to tell me that what I had said was true. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see how you cannot judge a book by its cover? Here we are. Here he was, ready to dismiss people who had tattoos, ready to think that they were all anti-God and they're anti-establishment, they're anti-society. And in his moment of need, who showed up? Somebody who was completely tatted out. This is why I have learned not to judge anybody. You are who you are. You, the way you present yourself to me, I accept you as you are. I am more interested in who you are as a person. Are you a nice person or are you a son of a tar? That's how I look at you. I don't care about if you are black, white, yellow, green, red. None of that has anything to do with who you are as a person. And I think that's a place in which we all need to get to. We need to get to the point where we view people within the context of who they are, within the context of you being just a person and not being somebody who you are going to, uh, to look at and somebody who is who, 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 just because of how you look. Look at Dwayne Johnson, for instance. He's a star, superstar, right? But he's all tatted out. Now, if he were not The Rock and he showed up somewhere, does that mean you would have dismissed him? Well, that means you dismissed 30% of the population. Here in America, 30% of the American population wears tattoos. That's a significant number. That means people don't care. They just wear tattoos because it is what it is. It's how they see themselves. It's part of their body art. It's part of their way of life. And yet, we are ready to put people in a box. We're so ready all the time to just put people in boxes. We have these boxes. If you don't fit into this box, you are slotted into a box and slotted into a box. And if you don't fit into this box, well, then I guess I can't deal with you. And so just like the minister in the story I just told you about, who was ready to dismiss, he literally was ready to dismiss. And I set him up. I mean, I never knew if that would have ever happened to him. I, I, when I said it, I didn't think it's something that I was setting up in my mind to happen to him. But he had to experience it. Because they had spent so many years of their lives judging people by how you look. And I think, and maybe this is why I identify with people who wear tattoos, because I get picked on for how I look all day, every day, right? People judge you based on how you look. And it's not always in my favor. It's not always working out for my good. Right? Uh, this is Harry Kim. I got her right back. Right? Sometimes they they do. Right? It, it's been it's been welcome back. This is Harry Kim. I quit down to earth. I, I kid you not. It's been my experience that people judge you 
based on how they feel. It's almost as if people have a pre-disclosed mindset on how they're going to judge you. They have already determined how they're going to judge you. So no matter what you do, no matter how you present yourself, they're going to judge you. Now, in the case of Dwayne Johnson, I can pick, him, pick on him. He's, a, you know, he's an actor, right? And I don't think he minds. No, he doesn't give a fig, right? He just shows up. I am the rock. I act. I, I'm a, I used to be a wrestler. Okay. I, I'm a guy, right? That's how he presents himself, right? Now, you look at him, and if he didn't have wealth and influence and power, I'm pretty sure there are some, uh, uh, some places he wouldn't be accepted in, even though he cleans up real well, puts on a suit, and so on. I don't think he wears art on his face, right? Some people wear it on their faces, on the sides of their faces, but typically it's, it's on their bodies that they can expose so you can see what they're doing, right? And, and, and I'm saying all of that because I am, I am a little bit uh, taken aback by the ways in which we try to slot people in boxes, the ways in which we try to put people in a box almost as if we want to determine who people are, right? And, and, and it, it's amazing to me because I, my life has been littered with people who make assumptions based on how you look. People, for instance, we judge people by color. So we assume that uh, when someone shows up, if they're, if they're black, it, it, it's a lot of what we see in the criminal justice system. The assumption that young black males between 14 and 21 are inherently problematic. So if you have a young black male between 14 and 21, you need to hide him. Because the assumption is that if he shows up somewhere, he's most likely to be part of a problem. Same thing with Latinas, young, young Latinas between 14 and 21. But I also say, but what about white, white, young white males between 14 and 21 who oftentimes are mass shooters? Where's the classification surrounding that, right? If it is going to work for one group, then it should work for all groups, right? That same classification should be attached to it, right? Uh, who is this? Somebody says, I don't have any tattoos and you'll never have tattoos. That's fine, right? I don't know. Tattooing is a form of uh, body art and, uh, you know, it depends on, on who you are and, and what you want to do about it, right? But just think about it. Is it fair then to classify people simply based on how you look? Because we see young mass shooters like a couple nights ago. Now the story is emerging about the mass shooting in Kansas. So two males went into a bar, they picked a fight, they asked them to leave, they left, then they came back and shot up the bar. Now we're finding out that the people who were in that bar were all Hispanics. Need we say more? No, that's a very, that's very clear cut, right? Right. So what we're saying is, so what I'm saying is, we tend to as a society, this mass way of judging people based just simply on how you look without giving the person a chance to say who they are without taking stock or, or making adjustments based on individuality. We just assume that people who look a certain way are predisposed to behaving a certain way. Kind of wrong, isn't it? We would have thought that by now we could have moved past that 
I, I, I don't know. I've also said, you know, I've, I've agreed with certain social, some social scientists, and I've said, well, it's because the society is so big, so huge. You know, we're constantly looking for ways in which to, we can only do so many groupings. So we, we constantly look for ways in which we can put people in boxes. But is that even really true? Like, is that something we really even want to do? Is that something that is even doable based on the situation? Do we even want to do that, right? Is that normal? Is, is that fair even, right? Is it fair, right? It's like the, 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 the Dallas police officer, Geiger. She walked into someone's apartment, and because he was black, she fired shots. Now, if the person looks like her, I don't think she would have fired shots. And that's the bone of contention. The assumption she made, she was drunk or high, nobody wants to say, right? Because I don't know how you, it wasn't even like it was next door to her apartment. It was on a whole other floor. So how do you even do that? I don't know. Suffice it to say she did. And she, she's, her defense is that she just rocked, walked into the wrong place. But if he were not black, would she have opened fire? Because her assumption is a young black male is most likely a criminal. So she shot him. Not based on whether this young man was in college, had graduated college, worked, or so on, but just the color of his skin. It's still skin deep. It's still skin deep. No matter who you are, it seems to me that no matter who you are, no matter what you have done, no matter who you are, people still judge you by your color. I remember years ago when I was part of a group of people, and I was the only uh, colored face in the room, and I was part of a group of women in particular. We were working on putting together a violence prevention summit. And uh, I remember sitting there, and it's like I wasn't there. I mean, they were talking about things they were doing to people of color that they were doing to school districts. And I was there. So, you know, I just sat there and listened to it for a little bit because I was interested in what? Observing the dynamics. I wanted to see how powerful did they really think they were and how much damage and what they were going to say about people. And they said a lot. And so finally, when I said, hello, I'm sitting here. And they're like, no, we don't count you in that group. What's the difference? Couldn't say. What was the difference? And one woman was brave enough to say, well, you are not exactly from Detroit because you weren't born here. <gasps> oh, my God. Was that something she should have said? Right? Was that something? But you know what it did for me? Was it told you exactly who they are. So she didn't group me. So I said to myself, oh, so people born in Detroit, grew up in Detroit, have a certain thing about them that you ascribe to them and so you don't let them into your social group I see can you believe it do you see what I'm saying now maybe in that case I don't know that it worked in my favor I don't think so I don't look at it like that I still think it was racist and classist and every kind of ism that you could think of right but at the same time it was a learning experience for me. And in a lot of ways, this expresses and explains the turmoil we're seeing in our society today.
because it's almost as if a social change is taking place. Talking about stuff like this, tattooing and so on, is, is, is indicative of a social change that is happening. It's people who are trying to emerge from the abyss and trying to emerge from the groups that we have put on people and labels we have attached to people that don't match them, that don't suit them. And I think that's what we need to focus on. If somebody shows up before you for a job, and we're going to wrap this up in just a few minutes, but if someone shows up for a job, are their credentials enough for them to get the job? Can we be ignorant of what they look like? Forget about tattoos for just a second. And a human being comes to you and applies for a job vacancy. Can we just look at the content of their character before we start doing criminal background checks, right? Before we, can we, because I think if we're going to do any kind of background check, that's what we should look into. We should look into that part of it, the character part of it, not the color. Can we do that? I think we have to get to that stage. And there is all, there's all kinds of racisms and isms that are attached to people because people assume that people who are of uh, Asian descent are most likely to be engineers or scientists or doctors. That's another grouping. Does that mean they can't be politicians or lawyers or judges? Does that mean they can't be a school principal, that all they can do is go figure out a code or go figure out some scientific experiment or something? Do you see what I'm saying? So it applies to them just the same. Are they just not as much a human being who can be anybody they want to be or do anything they want to do? Right? It, it, using tattoos as just an example, it's just an example of how in our society, group people based on their appearance rather than who they are, rather than the content of their character and rather than who they are. We still need to get, we're still a work in progress. I like to look at this as if we're a work in progress, Raven. We're a work in progress. We're striving towards the ideal of judging people as they present themselves to be, rather than with the various descriptions that we attach. I think that's where we need to get to be, don't you think, right? <laughs> uh, keep, I'm not even going to repeat what you said, right? But we, and that's just another form of judging people as well, because we attach descriptions to people of a specific religious group. We attach negative connotations to people who say this is what they believe or people who say this is what they do. I think we need to get past that and judge people based on, on, on who they are. I agree with you on the Sharia law thing. I don't believe that extremism should take place. Any form of extremism should take place in our daily discourse or in our life. I totally agree with you with that. I don't believe in any form of extremism. I don't believe in religious extremism, neither from Christian fundamentals nor from Islamic fundamentals. I don't believe in extremism because this extremism takes away the right of the individual from making decisions about who they are and who they want to be. So I don't believe in extremism in any form whatsoever. I believe that it has no place here in America, whether it's Sharia law or whatever else, kind of extremism. 
I don't believe in some of these Christian fundamentalists running around telling people what they should do with their bodies either or what they should do with their reproductive system, right? It's ironic that it's a group of people who have never given birth or never had a period or ever had to deal with reproductive issues or never had to face fertility issues, right? So I don't believe in extremism at all. I don't support that anywhere because extremism is negative and it always invariably affects the most vulnerable who are women and children, right? Another time I'll talk about ISIS and the fact that women's sexualized violence took place in war zones and the rest of the world just ignored it like it never happened. We'll talk about that another time. That's something we're going to talk about during Domestic Violence Month, sexualized violence in, in war zones. That happened. And I'll give you statistics on it because I've been following that story for years. In fact, that's how the Exodus Foundation was formed, looking at war zones and what happens to children who were taken in villages and were used as chattels and sex slaves for grown men. And the rest of the world just went, well, it wasn't happening to my kids, so it didn't happen. Right? So, but the point we're making, the point I'm making is that we need to focus on judging people just by who you are, not by how you look. We've come to a stage in America where we have to cross over. This is our turning point. This is a turning point for us. We have to cross over. We have to get beyond the everyday analyses of putting, pitting people and pitting one group against the other. We have to get to the point where people are just people are people. They have a need for health care. They have a need for money. They have a need for when they retire, they want their money. Striking workers should not be striking for so long when large corporations have money, they can pay people out. They're just dragging it out because they don't want to acquiesce. That's what we need to focus on. We should, we have to get, be, this is a turning point for our culture where we simply can't just sit back anymore and just let stuff happen as if it is just going to happen. We have to get to the point where we make a decision that from this point onwards, we're going to have to change the old guard. We're going to have to change the old ways of doing things and start looking at people as who they are, human beings, not looking at people as if, uh, and that is not to say that there aren't some assumptions we make that are not true. That's not to say that. But if somebody shows up to apply for a job, and the job requirements was not that you're black or white or wear a tattoo, right? The job requirement was that you fulfill the skill set that is required. That's what we need to focus on, right? Right, this is Harriet Kemmerich with Down to Earth. Thanks so much for joining us. I want to thank my frequent commentator. Her name is Raven Bishop. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Thanks to Raven Bishop, who is always a part of my show on YouTube. Hi, Raven. Love you. Thank you for always, always having something to say. I really like your spirit. You know, you get it going. I really like that. All right. Shout out to you. Have a great day. Love you much. And thanks to my other viewers. And thanks to those of you who have participated by listening. For more information on what we do, go to harrietkamek.com as well as go to the exodusfoundation.com. I am a writer. I'm an author. My books are available. Just go to Google, put my name in, and you'll find that there are books that I buy. You can go straight to amazon.com looking for my books. Make a purchase. Buy my books. Raven, 
buy my books. Have you read Through the Fire yet? I see you haven't, right? <laughs> okay. When you do, I know you'll let me know. So buy my books, Raven, and tell others about the show. Thank you so much, everybody. It's been an honor and a privilege. See you tomorrow. Have a great day. Be blessed.